so you'd be fine changing nappies and doing all that if you had to? No, me? Yeah. No chance. I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to the second episode of the Ladies of the House podcast. Um, yeah, so <laughs> last week, we, last weekend, sorry, we conducted a focus group conversation with three men, all of different ages, and we tried to get dif- different ethnicities as well. So we got Josh, Richard, and Tony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we did, um, immediately after that, we did in a separate focus group, um, the women who we had um nat and chloe um and yeah we also like added a couple of our own opinions and perspectives into the um women's one but yeah so this episode is basically just going to be we're going to only be focusing on um the men in this episode and just kind of go through some of their answers and analyze them a little bit and our own little opinions as well yeah yeah so um yep all right here we go (laughs) so the three guys that we did end up interviewing last weekend were guys that we were that we knew they were family members they were friends and I suppose that's because it was difficult for us to find people that were willing to take an hour or two um, out of their Saturday um so that is a little biased um I guess um, it just like kind of limits obviously the scope exactly. of yeah. men that we could include their experiences and perspectives yeah on, for but sure we can only do what we can do yeah exactly um so one of our participants was my dad so his name was tony um and he is a male 55 year old and he was previously married but has been divorced for about three or four years now Um, So he lives with me and my older sister and then my younger sisters alternate. So sometimes four of us in the house with him. Sometimes it's just one or two of us girls with him. Yeah. And then we had my brother as well. He's uh, 26 or 27? (laughs) 26. Someone else knows. Um, um, He currently lives with me and my boyfriend. Um... His previous relationship statuses, he's had a few previous relationships. I think they range from like three years to nine months. Um, but he is currently single. And he's never lived with um, a partner before. No, yeah. no. Yeah. So another participant is my flatmate. His name is Richard. And he's um, originally from Taiwan. So um, he's now having a relationship with uh his girlfriend for seven years and before this relationship all of his relationship only lasted for a few months and they are having long distance relationship now so uh, my flatmate are living with me now um before i live with him um he was living with his father his father is an embassy of um, taiwan's government office in australia so um, after his ba- father um, went ba- back to Taiwan, I moved in. Uh, so that that is our another s- participant. Mm. Mm. And yeah, like definitely, we're keeping in mind that um, we are acknowledging that, like, due to the reasonably limited scope of our focus groups and it being like men that we all do know, we understand that it doesn't like their opinions and perspectives don't necessarily reflect all of the perspectives of all the men and like. They can't speak for everyone. And we also acknowledge as well that, like, in a focus group and in that kind of 
not sterile environment, but yeah, yeah controlled environment. There's a bit of social awareness as to what you think is appropriate to say. say. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, whether that has like influenced their answers or so forth, we do acknowledge that. So we um, started off by asking our participants what their childhood was like and um, how they saw domestic work be divided between their family members. Um, and so for my dad, Tony, he basically said that um, his parents were pretty progressive in the way that they had um, taught. His parents were pretty progressive in the way that they had divided the work. So both of them tried to be very equal, despite him, um, like him knowing families at the time um, were a bit unequal in terms of he said that his um, friends, he saw his parent, the mum doing way more um but in his family it was a bit of both um yeah yeah so and then he said like that's what he's tried to do as he's um grown up and raised a family himself but um because he is the primary breadwinner for the family or was before my um before they divorced he probably did a little bit of less of the work and I think it was important when he said um that his mum like at the time when you got pregnant, you had oh, to yeah. stop working, but his mom continued to work, and his dad was obviously like supportive of that, supportive of that as well. And she actually um, had to lie that she yeah. she lied and yeah. said that she wasn't pregnant, um, so, that so she, she could, could keep the job because yeah. back then it was just so normalized that if you're a mother, you didn't work. So that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I guess for Josh as well, um, we had a very similar childhood, I guess. <laughs> um, so we have divorced parents. They divorced when he was about four or five. Um, so pretty much what he experienced as a kid was um, two separate homes, mum doing everything and cooking and cleaning and looking after us and picking us up from school and stuff in her home and then dad as well kind of every second week he would have us and like he would do the cooking he would do the cleaning because like they had to maintain the households themselves they didn't really um at the time when we were younger didn't have partners um so they were kind of like single parent households and and I guess that's what he's experienced his experience our dad doing everything and our mum doing everything so yeah that was his childhood and for Richard or Yuchun um he has a uh, younger brother but um, in his family, I think his mom do the most of the work. That's why his father, him, and also I've, uh, his younger brother I've ne- never met um, don't know much about housework, especially cooking. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of like a typical East Asia way uh, of how family works. And no matter where they live... Uh, for example, they've been to Cuba or U.S. because of his father's work, but still, the um, his mom do the most of the work. Mm. So we'll just insert a little recording um, of Josh, Tony, and uh, Richard's um, childhood experiences and like their experiences with their parents growing up and like gender um, equality or inequality within the home. Yeah, my father always sort of did the most of the mm-hmm. cooking yeah um certainly participated in um housekeeping as well yeah um but also worked several jobs yeah 
Do you um, think that that role he had when you were growing up has sort of made an impression on you and like that's how you grew up to think that was like the norm and like from him doing that you kind of were like yeah that's like something that I want to do and like well yeah I mean I, I didn't I guess kind of notice too much yeah at the time mm-hmm. it was just my lived reality um and both my parents though were um you know probably ahead of their time a bit I mm-hmm. think yeah since um my mother went back to university as a mature age student mm-hmm. and so they supported her uh, to do yeah. that um and I think he realised that that you know was going to be good for all of us as well. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and yeah, mum kind of you know was always pretty keen to make sure that my brother and I also contributed to the housework. Yeah. And you know was teaching me to iron when I was only little. And yeah. <laughs> taught me those sort of skills that yeah, nice. I've attempted to pass on to my daughters. What about you guys when you were growing up in the household? Like, what do you think the dynamic was? Like, what was the go with your parents and their, like, roles around the house? I think it was the case that uh, women did most of the uh, chores at home. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that didn't really affect me much, though. I don't have really, like, a a fixed view on, Mm -hmm. like, who should do what and whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, I think I think I'll agree. Broadly speaking, um, women have done most of the work. But I think when I was growing up, particularly um, in single parent homes, I think it was a bit hard to make mm. that distinction because both of them sort of did all of it. But you know, from what I observed about the rest of you know my friends' families, they would more or less have women doing most of the work. Um, so the next kind of question we asked the group was if they think about the split of gender inequality within the home and in within domestic work and within society in general, um, and then like how some areas of domestic work um, favour men or favour women. Well, I think, I mean, I certainly uh, felt that, you know, almost a requirement um, to be, you know, key bread with mm. Uh, for the family, although you know, it just turned out to be uh, yeah. that way in the end. I, Do you think that's I a product of your generation and like the? Yeah, I think yeah. so. You know, certainly growing up, mm. I mean, that was kind of typical. So I think uh, you know, my persona just felt as if that yeah. that was an obligation on yeah. me. But certainly, I would have been more than happy to yeah. have not been the major breadwinner and yeah. <laughs> had the opportunity to stay at home and um, care for the children. Yeah, yeah. But, but I guess, like... A, sorry, I was just going to say, but it's ultimately, I think, in, you know, my experience in a relationship, both parties kind of, you know, it's, it's about having the opportunity and, um, and, and being able to voice that and, mm. and, and do what's best for everyone and what both parties want to contribute. Yeah. And then it's tying into what you said, Josh, about, like, when people are trying to decide who is going to be the breadwinner. I know for you, like your partner was a teacher and that was her career path and that's what she's chosen to do because females choose to go down those like job routes that don't pay as much then that kind of in society just becomes enforced that like the man kind of has to be the breadwinner because they're in jobs or careers that are high paying Mm. yeah there isn't as much of an expectation maybe for women to 
like pick a job that they might not like as much mm. just to like sit within a certain income bracket. Yeah, exactly. Whereas that may maybe that's more pressure for the men. And is that true and accurate or maybe I think that the pressures men put on themselves are self imposed though. Like mm. they it's not really anything about I mean I suppose it is society that is shaping that but if um it depends on personality as well. Like if you want to be successful, you have to do, you have to act a certain way and do certain things. Um, but I don't, um, yeah, I, I guess it's just on an individual basis. Mm. That's how um, men will push themselves. Where do you think that individual like drive comes from though? Like just like purely think, like they've made it up themselves or? I think there is still some um, society expectations to, yeah. or what one think is a uh, society expectation and that like, kind of built into the, the drive yeah. yeah yeah um yeah so I thought it was really interesting that Josh kind of said that the drive to be a breadwinner coming from a man um is based on like personal characteristics and the person themselves like not the fact that they're a man a man sorry and then Michelle obviously jumped in and asked that question and was like well do you think society's kind of structured you that way because like yeah you have to question where that has come from and where exactly. the idea and belief has come from because yeah, yeah I, d I doubt well I don't know but like I just don't think it starts from just like one lone person I think it is like indoctrinated into and dad was talking as well like um about he was talking about how there's well you need the opportunity and like he said that yeah, if he definitely. had the opportunity he would then um like be happy to be a stay-at-home dad but mm. the opportunity wasn't there for him because of the way that society is structured mm. and like you can almost go into the like discussion about like pay at work between men and women and et cetera et cetera down that like yeah. loophole of like why these opportunities just like end up it's kind of like by. we we want what we don't have like mm. men the grass is always greener yeah yeah like women are like why can't we you know work full-time and men can look after the kids and men are like well why can't you work yeah why yeah. can't yeah why can't that happen <laughs> yeah. i suppose yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i thought their discussions like showed the social pressures on men think like that um it's probably a bit neglected in the discourse a little bit like how mm. these social pressures of like having to be the breadwinner and going into jobs that they don't necessarily like because they feel like they have to be um earning a certain figure to yeah. be able to care like it's yeah. not necessarily yeah who they are and what they want to yes mm. um as you two mentioned um so it's all about social um, so society's expectation it's like uh i think based on all the um, East Asian country, it's quite traditional that men goes to work and women um, stay at home and feed kids, but not not nowadays. But this stereotype uh, of how family works do exist in the older generation's minds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And it, it still exists like in lots of people's like minds and how they see the world nowadays as well. Mm, like sure. there, there has, and as we were saying in the first podcast, like there has been a cultural shift um, in some areas of the kind of... Like gender inequality. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think it's like necessarily like, it's not like been changed completely. And those like, mm. they're still very present in the yeah gender inequalities of... Um, Within the home. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So we just basically um, asked 
all of the participants as well then how much they did um, in terms of domestic work in the home and the answers obviously varied based on their life um, livelihoods. Yeah, and like their ages. And like who was living in the household and stuff. So say for, yeah, like Dion's dad, Tony, he has a responsibility over other people whereas like for the younger ones, like Josh and um, Richard, they don't have have responsibility over like kids yeah Mm. they don't have to maintain a household by themselves Mm. you know but they're equal with their roommates like that's the thing they've got roommates but yeah so like as that follows the answers were obviously like for josh and richard and stuff a lot lower than it was for um tony and i found it interesting as well how like um specifically josh and richard were like oh i don't know it just kind of comes up yeah and i just do it and it's it it makes me think. Oh, okay. Like I wonder in proportion how much they're doing compared to other people because they only seem to do it when it just like is required mm, yeah, and like yeah. they notice it. So like, how much is going unnoticed? Are they just like yeah, no, not contributing enough? Yeah. Or like, and like what's yeah, oh, what's yeah. like their expectation of like all the jobs are done or these jobs need exactly. to be done compared to someone else's? But yeah. I think like separating josh um from richard he actually has to be asked to do something yeah or else he doesn't do it so like a lot of the time you know me and my partner will do things inside the house vacuuming dishwasher cleaning cooking whatever and it'll be josh that kind of has to be asked to do things um like in the garden he Mm. prefers that sort of work as well which is like quite interesting like separating Mm. like inside work and outside work as well and we do talk about that like later in some of the answers why we found that like men typically steer towards doing like the outside activities and fixing things yeah yeah um that does come up a bit later Mm. um so we just like asked them i guess asked all the participants what they thought, if there was, like, any divide between domestic work between men and women, as in, like, um, if there's some chores that men do more often. In their own experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And if there's chores that women tend to do more in their their own lives. Um, And I guess they kind of, yeah, started talking about how more physical stuff tend to get done. Um, like yeah, like more outside duties, working in the garage, fixing things, you know, mowing the lawns. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Compared to like washing dishes or like. Yeah. You know. And I guess we found as well that it does like, I guess, follow the sort of social norms that like mm. we've found in our research and stuff like that. So those responses kind of um, reinforce. Yeah, yeah. That that is. Like men are strong. Yeah. Are yeah. yeah. And there was yeah. the ABS statistic as well that said that the only household duty that actually like men were seen to contribute more to than women was gardening, yeah. which is something that is a bit more like physical and mm. outdoors and um, that kind of thing as well. And then weren't you um, going to talk about Rachel, about how Josh's experience with living with his grandma? Yeah. So, um, It was a while ago now, maybe a year ago, he used to live with our grandma and um, I guess like she's quite old so she would have a lot of things that needed fixing like door hinges or changing a light bulb or fixing the oven or something like that and he was she was just going to call a handyman and he kind of said like I'll I'll do it for you in exchange for you kind of sewing my clothes. And doing the washing. Yeah and doing the washing and some cooking like he obviously contributed to those as well. Um, but I suppose that kind of reinforces like 
um, like the male kind of dominated roles that he yeah. took over and then she kind of did and the it more female oriented roles. It seemed roles. like such a, I guess, a natural thing as well that they were just delegated yeah. like, to be gendered jobs like he was just like oh well i'm i'm good at i'm better at this stuff so like i'm just gonna do that and then it was just like it wasn't something that was like okay so i'm gonna do this and then you're gonna do that but just kind of yeah it was happened yeah yeah Yeah. so it was really interesting when richard was discussing this with us about how um he felt that his behaviors now were formed by the way that his family taught him Um, And this is important to note for you as listeners um, as we're trying to engage this and acknowledge that people need to change these behaviours. So as you guys, when you're growing up, when you're then parenting your own children, we need, um, society needs people to stop like segregating themselves into these roles and stop teaching these behaviours and just like um, naturally forming oh yeah, I'm better at this, so I'll just do this all of the time. We need you to push yourselves. We need people to um, go above what they're comfortable with and like just break down those norms so that people who are looking up to us, children who are learning from us, are changing their behaviours and acknowledging that it's not just the norm to do one thing or to just do what they're good at or what they're comfortable with or what they're used to seeing in the world we need to just basically like break down these barriers. Yeah, exactly. And I think like it's important to to note though as well that lots of people actually don't recognise this because it's so ingrained within society's standards. Yeah, so while this is our main goal of the podcast, we are going to continue saying, um, you know, why society should change within gender equality. Um, inequality of domestic work because you know we really want to get that point across to you guys that it is something that that should change Um, and I guess it's hard because I know some people you know like we do talk about in this podcast as well um, like in the focus groups with the men and the women that um, some people don't want it to change um, and that's okay yeah and I think as well like some people just don't even recognize it either yeah and like um, in our podcast, it's very clear that the men that we're talking to are very switched on and they know For and sure. they don't agree with the gender divide. But maybe, like, we don't know, but people are, even though they're conscious in their brain or their minds that they don't want a gender divide, it might just happen when exactly, they're unaware. Yeah. And that's why we're trying to just emphasise that, like... Um, like reiterate our points about how it's so important to be switched on and be aware and like be proactive in your own behaviors in the home because that's what's needed to actually create change so while we have gone on this little tangent (laughs) um uh we'll just play a little clip about tony and how um he tried to make his four daughters um you know, I think play with cars and motorbikes, but you know, this didn't, this didn't work and they were all drawn towards dolls and girly toys, I suppose. Yeah. And it just like, it's so interesting that this is the case because then how can we actually proactively change if people are just going to always return back to something, even if they're not presented or like, um, yeah, not presented with it in yeah. their childhood. So we'll play the clip now. I think it's a really interesting question and I definitely think socialisation mm. plays a huge uh, part in it. And, yeah. You know, my experience was having four 
daughters, you know, I was very uh, motivated to make sure that they didn't uh, get dolls to play with and, you know, got a Meccano set. Mm. And despite all of that effort, uh, you know, they tended to... None of them are mechanics. Uh, no, they tended to, um, uh, you know, kind of want to do makeup and, and uh, dance and sing and, um, you know, how much of that those inherent uh, in their own personalities and how much of it was through socialisation, I, I couldn't say. I think it's super interesting here as well when Josh was talking about placing different toys in front of both girls and boys. Um, you know, he initially thought that the girls would go for the girly toy and the boys would go for the boy, you know, the boy toy. I don't think you can say that. <laughs> no, that's right. Anyways, um, so when he was talking about this, as Rachel said, he had a bit of a revelation that, oh... Um, even though that's the way he thinks, maybe that's not actually the case within society. And I think this just further emphasises what we were talking about earlier about how um, people are just brought up to assume things and society with its capitalistic structure is just further ingraining it in our brains. These gender stereotypes, yeah. yeah. And it's so hard to break it down and actually like get away from it because it is such a capitalistic structure and like no matter what people do there will always be one or two people who are still sticking with these stereotypes and that will just create its own issues within society so it's um I also think it's really hard to pinpoint where this has come from like not mm. only are we in this capitalistic society like Dion says but you know when did gender stereotyping start, I guess? And we do kind of yeah. like um, talk about this in our first podcast, kind of a little bit little bit about the history of um, gender stereotypes, especially within domestic work. Um, yeah, but I think it's just like a multiplicity of uh, aspects that have just come together throughout history um, that have kind of built these structures. Yeah, and it's just like when will it end and how will it end? Because even if there's super active people in society wanting to change it, there's always going to be people who are just like sticking to what is historical and like just not changing. Well, I think it's really sad because I yeah. personally don't think that it will ever end. Mm. I think like it will gradually become, you know, gradually become more equal. Um, but I do think that it is permanently ingrained within society. You know, <laughs> I mean... I'm not sure what it's going to be like in a thousand years or two thousand years, but I'm talking about maybe the next couple hundred years. Yeah, and that's what we need you guys to do as an audience is to try and like stimulate this conversation further because our podcast listeners can only go so far and our reach can only go so far. So we're just trying. We know that like it may not be a very short end or like a quick solution, but at least generating the conversation and drawing like light to these actual situations. And the issues, yeah. Yeah, these issues. It can like at least stimulate a little bit of um, Change and movement, yeah, yeah. exactly. A kind of collective response that we've had is, and I think we mentioned this a little bit before, but saying that like, yeah, we can – you can tell that like the responses that we receive from um, interviewing these men is like they know obviously what the right thing is to say. And yeah. I'm not saying that they don't necessarily believe that because I'm sure they do and stuff like that. But um, just like, yeah, even in their responses. So they like, yeah, they believe in gender like equality and they know that's like it's a logical thing that they know. Like, yes, that's good. That's correct. 
but I think um, it is pretty different that not necessarily as much for Tony, but that like those are their responses to the question when asked, but actually in practice, like when we were asking them about how they felt about domestic work and stuff like that, it kind of didn't transcend through. So it yeah. wasn't a... I all did, well and good thinker but yeah like exactly to but do it is another thing and yeah. yeah and that's what I was thinking before like it's obviously like just the type of like oppression that they've never really had to face or experience so they can say like yeah on paper yeah no like Deep gender voice. equality <laughs> like yeah that's definitely what I want yeah but like it's it's through practice and it's also as well like yeah it, like individuals can think it and it's great and we want a population and a demographic of people who do believe this but it's something that like needs to start from the top down as well like it's institutionally and systemic systemically and that's only ever going to happen through practice not they just need to like be proactive as well because like yeah. Josh was saying he was like oh yeah I'll do chores if I'm asked yeah and yeah it's like, well <laughs> how is that ever gonna create change yeah exactly <laughs> and I feel like they're t- like when they were talking about equality of opportunity like yeah as we were saying it's all very well and good to say that but they obviously aren't aware of like the fact that there is an unequal opportunity like in domestic work that's been created by institutions to make sure that women are like kind of forced like there's no yeah. choices there like they're forced to yeah do exactly yeah in every way of life and like yeah thinking about yeah ha- having that top-down approach I guess that top-down change is interesting yeah so what Josh was saying about the the choice like the specific word choice um going back to what kind of Domi was saying like she doesn't think that they really is choice of being like a stay-at-home mum rather it's more um an obligation in saying choice like obviously yeah it's a choice like if you got the option but like I think it's really important to focus on that that choice isn't like fully under the guise of free will like it's premeditated Mm. um it is like rooted in these like cultural and like systemic Stereotypes. institutions yeah. and stereotypes yeah that govern a choice mm. i'm doing air quotes right now <laughs> yeah because <laughs> josh says as well oh if i got the choice to be a stay-at-home dad i'd love that and it's like well you kind of yeah. you could and yeah we'll yeah you could if you wanted to it plays them. as such a big part into like the social socialization of like the binary of genders when where like children are being raised so like, yeah, if you were socialised to think that. And it's like, yeah, that can still be a choice, but it's also really important to critically understand the, like, the behind and, like, the it's background. Like the yeah, the, yeah, contextualising it. That was yeah. the word I was looking Even for. if we don't understand that they're there, they're definitely still shaping every choice. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. Subconsciously, yeah. It's not really, like, coming from a place of, yeah, I can do this or I can do this and there's no ramifications if I do this. Mm. Like, there's so many mm. pressures of, yeah, societal expectations and internal internalised, like, uh, what's the word? Sexism? Yeah. <laughs> that, like, yeah, kind of influences our equal opportunities as, as kind of they refer to. Yeah. 
Just to conclude, you can tell from listening to this podcast episode with Tony, Josh and Richard that there are a range of opinions and perspectives that men have on gender dynamics of domestic work. It's important to note that in equal relationships, both the man and the woman have agency and power to improve and hopefully alleviate inequality within domestic work. The purpose of these discussions is for our audience, you guys, to feel included in the conversation, form an opinion on the topic, and hopefully dig deeper into thinking about the topic of gender inequality within the home. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you in the next episode, which will be discussing gender inequality with Chloe and Nat and their personal experiences. See ya. See ya. Bye. Bye.